0: I take this step for my country, for my people, for the Marxist well, of life, knowing that today, but one small step on the journey that someday will take us all to the start. Welcome back to Beers, Beats, and Bob, where we are code- co-hosts guys I'm doing great today where we your co hosts Kate and Lisa take you through the series for all mankind on Apple TV and finally Kate's invested I Lisa
1: this episode of television was like sinking into a hot bath
0: after a hard day I know right and I re-watching it, I was like holy shit this is a great episode like it was over like that like I just I was like no what I
1: want I need more yeah Yeah, no, I there's a moment the first time I watched it through where I was like, oh man, I feel like we're wrapping up and I don't want this episode to end. And then I watched it a second time and I had the same thought at the same moment. It was like, I still (laughs) I know when it's going to end now and I still like, I really, I want this to be movie length. I want it to be a series of
0: movies. It's not a short show either. It's a one hour episode, right? Like, they're one hour episodes. So it's not even like it's you know, anyway, no, it's freaking excellent and it's funny like watching it now with my former knowledge and like it's super hard to do this without spoilers um because it's so amazing how well developed these characters are like from the start yes like watching it now I'm like oh my god this is like because I think that's the thing that like is one of the great things about television now is like the the more thought outedness of it that you're like watching and you're like, okay, so I know what's going to happen like four seasons and like however many years into the future mm-hmm. and all of it like kind of you see it all in this first introduction to the characters. It's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. And I like, I feel like I know these characters just after one episode. So Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm excited I'm excited to know where are. they, where they go. And I don't know if we're going to stick with everybody, but we'll see.
0: We'll see. Okay, so first of all, what are you drinking today?
1: I am drinking a Zero Gravity Madonna for our mm. Zero Gravity Madonnas. This is an Imperial IPA. It is an 8%er. Eight-
0: oh, goodness. I have a strong one today, too.
1: It's uh, from
0: a brewery in Burlington, Vermont. Zero Gravity. Here we nice. go. Um, I am drinking Cactus. Nice. Double IPA. It was between this one and then there was another one, which I also have in my fridge, but it was 10% and I wasn't feeling super keen about it. Fair. I might keep it for a future episode, but the other one was called Super Connected and I was going to get it for Tracy. (laughs) But (laughs) Cactus was there and I was like, "This this is too good. This is from New England. Oh, it's a New England style. It's from Rhode Island from Tilted Barn Brewery. Um, which is half-owned by a woman. It's by a couple called Ma- uh, Matt and Cara with I a K. I love that. Um, and um, it's a double IPA, and it's 7.8%. All right, so we're both coming in fairly strong with
1: the beers today. Oh, it looks nice. This beer is lovely. It's, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste heavy, so it's going to sneak up on me.
0: Oh, they are the worst ones. Mm-hmm. Like Let the best worst one.
1: ones, but the worst ones.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Horror double IPA tropical fruit flavors and aromas. It doesn't really go with coffee. <laughs> few few IPAs do. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's my assessment, and um, yeah, that's me. I work at a craft beer bar, and that's my coffee <laughs> assessment. My my IPA assessment. It doesn't <laughs> pair well with coffee.
1: This um, is the right. um the like craft beer knowledge that everyone comes here for.
0: Yeah, yeah, they come here for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're here to talk about beer. We're here to talk about these fucking badass women. Um this okay, so this episode that we're covering today is called Nixon's Women. Um it is set between the twenty first of September nineteen sixty nine and the fifteenth of October nineteen seventy, not including the flashback at the beginning. Um it is written by uh Nicole Beattie, that's our first woman writer. Hell yeah. And it's directed by Alan Coulter.
1: Yeah, I looked them up because I was a big fan of this episode. Um, mm. Nicole has written for Walking Dead, Sons of Anarchy. She was a producer on the Deadwood movie. Um, Alan Coulter directed a lot of Boardwalk Empire, Sopranos. Up, He did some Sopranos season openers. So, like, clearly nice. that's a director that was trusted. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good good
0: team. It's a great team. It's a great team. It's a great episode. hmm so, episode starts with a cold open. Uh, we're in California in 1961. We have this like cocky Gordo, baby Gordo. getting out of the plane. Yeah, baby Gordo. Did this and-
1: opening shot seem like, like... The way they shot it, you can't tell that he's landing and then it looks like he's going to jump out of the plane, but actually he just landed and he's fine.
0: I don't know. I wasn't really paying that close attention okay. to the plane stuff. It
1: was an interesting choice, like because it was all cloudy and foggy, and for like a half of a second, it looks like, oh my god, is he gonna jump out of this plane? And no, he just landed, and it it's he cool. just landed. It's it cheap. felt
0: very like Top Gun.
1: Yes, I think they were going for that vibe.
0: I love this. This is the cute. This is a very cute scene. This is
1: a cute, and well, technically, it's not. I think technically, it's not a meet cute because they recognize each other from like the bar the other night. So this is not yeah. officially their first meeting, but I still we can call it a, a we really cute meet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was it was adorable and I love I loved his reactions to her like
1: like yeah. I don't know. I just
0: I feel like we we see a lot about their relationship this episode that I didn't pick up in the past. Mm-hmm. Um because I think I was so focused on like the cheating and everything before, but like you do see that like they have Especially like contrasted with like Karen and Ed and what we see at their house. Like they do have like an interesting, like he doesn't seem to be that concerned by her strength or like by her being good at things. No,
1: he's like, into it. like Yeah, he kind of loves it. It starts with a very typical like, oh, why are you here? Is your boyfriend a pilot? Which she, yeah. of course, fully plays into. But like mm-hmm. she's playing into it not to like show him up in like a mean way, but she's just playing into a de flirt with him, which I think is yeah. really fun and cute. Yeah. Just
0: the way she looks at him and she goes with her like southern accent, like, well did I do it right, <laughs> Mr. Navy Pilot Man? And I'm just like Yeah. It was an excellent, I excellent fake you. out
1: on her part. And he's just so il-
0: he's elated. He's so he's like, do
1: it again. It's yeah. so cute. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah.
0: And then they have this, like, this first kiss, and it's like you can see them reflected. There was a great shot of them, like, reflected in the plane. I I just thought it was like a beautiful opening scene. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Very fun. So then we get to the credits, and then we get the lesbian activity guy, which is all (laughs) I call him now. (laughs) And he's saying the most lesbian activity dialogue. Wait, I thought this was a different guy, though. Oh, is it? I don't know. This, I, they all look the same. There were, but two, it, I
1: think, in this episode, there were two different um, newscasters, and I don't remember which one this is.
0: Okay, it, it felt very lesbian activity. They both have the that whole way energy. he was talking about, like he's like <laughs> talking about this Anastasia and how it's had this huge impact on women, and that they're linking her to Rosie the Riveter, which had been like an American image of strength, and mm-hmm. now they have this woman to get behind in Russia, and like they did actually, I don't know. They did have women in the space program in Russia. Um so that's not completely out of nowhere. But um I think we talked yeah. about that a little bit last episode. Yeah, we did.
1: But- it was um Valentina something who was the yeah, first yeah. woman in space. Which I I thought it was interesting that like in in both realities the US did not respond to that. By putting a bunch of women in the space program. But in this reality, a woman's on the moon and they're like, oh, okay, now I guess we have to step it up.
0: Well, I think as well, because like from the way the episode plays out, it looks like it's like adding even more flame to all of the women's movements that were happening already. Also, like, <laughs> I'm not feeling 100% and I like, I'm a really easy crier and I cried every time I watched this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I cried too. By the way. I cried too. <laughs> they did such a good job of, like, just, especially after watching the last two episodes and, like, all these, like, I don't know, this, like, very masculine storyline and the way they did this was just, like, it was really, like, it was hokey in a way that, like, I love and makes me cry. Yeah. So, like, I'm yeah. getting teary thinking about it. Like, all of the women's protest, like, movements, every time they did shots of that, I got, like, teary. It's very, very... uh
1: Yeah, and all the footage moving. that they used for the... The montage later and this early montage of, like, this is the reception um, mm. from the first woman on the moon that we're seeing. Um, this I, They're, like, intercutting real intercutting and editing, like, real old footage, which I think yeah. is really, really neat. Yeah. Yeah. They do a really good job of that on this show. It's,
0: yeah. There are also so these, any- like, newspaper
1: headlines. And I, mm. I paused it because I fucking love shit like that that, like, some person in the props department made. Um and I was looking I, I had my eye out for like other fun headlines and the best one was uh in the New York Daily Telegraph was warm Gams for English Police Women.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I guess they Love gave that. them some leggings or something. Amazing. Really funny. That's great. Yeah. I did not pause for all of them and I'm glad you did. <laughs> um perfect. so we cut we cut to the um Gene Kranz and Deke Slayton telling Arthur Weber, who is not a real person, the other two are, that they um, they were converting the third stage of the Saturn V into an orbiting workshop um, and that they were going to call it Skylab. Uh, the construction was already away in Huntsville, but it was like early enough to change the trajectory of the progress. And Skylab so, was real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Skylab was between 1973 and 1974, it orbited in the okay. sky doing lab things.
0: Yeah, so they're giving a nod to it there. Mm-hmm. Um the general asked Jean how many people could fit inside it because it didn't look very big. I mean, I thought that was I thought But is a this joke. a moon lab for ants? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, "Oh, is he like is he making a joke? A Zoolander joke?" But I don't think he was. I but don't think I there also was thought that the was same the reference thing. yet. <laughs> how can in we do space head. science if
1: we can't even fit in the building? <laughs>
0: It's exactly where I went in my head to. <laughs> okay, so we're on the same wavelength here. Um, and so they say that they could fit three astronauts, um, and there could be further expansions. And this but the guy's Apollo so missions-
1: mad that it's going to take two years. Like that seems like such a short. It takes two years to like put a stop sign up. Like it's- yeah, that seems like such a small amount of time for this
0: this guy to be angry about the delay. Yeah, but they also mentioned that like the Apollo missions are now being reassigned to survey mm-hmm. uh, potential sites for the base. So obviously they changed the, your beloved Apollo 13, they changed the Apollo missions. I mean, I hope they
1: change it for the better. It would be great if it goes well for them.
0: Yeah, I, I don't even know if we hear about it, honestly, mm. which is interesting if they decide not to, but I, I guess we'll see. Um yeah this so episode
1: get- covered a long span of time so I have no concept of whether we've sent anybody else into space since Apollo Yeah
0: 20. yeah uh year, about a year. Um they do say it's interesting because I was looking on the wiki for this and um and looking at like the big things that happen in the timeline in this time and the wiki says which I don't think we hear about in the episode but it must come up later that the w- the war with Vietnam ends in autumn 1970. Oh, wow. Um, and Nixon's expecting to run for election against Ted Kennedy. So Very
1: interesting. interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I wonder what implications that will have in the timeline. I mean, yeah. that's, that's good. That's se- this yeah. seems like a better timeline for us to have pulled out of Vietnam earlier.
0: Yeah. We'll see, um, we'll see how it shakes out. S- we'll see how it shakes out. So um, Thomas Paine comes in the room with this guy, Shorty Powers. Shorty Powers. Who it's so funny. Like, I looked into him and I can't find that much. Although I did scroll down his wiki page and it was like in 2019, they found out he flew on Epstein's plane. And I'm like, oh, oh God. Shit. I, I looked into him too and I missed that. But I, it was just such an interesting line that they were like, oh, if Shorty's involved, it can't be good. And he's like, I'm so misunderstood. And I'm like, why did they put that there?
1: I think because he was a real guy. And so, like, what I found for Shorty Powers was the public affairs, the American public yeah. affairs officer for NASA. So, like, he was. A very public face of the program. Um, he was known as like the eighth astronaut uh, from the Mercury Mercury Seven. Seven. He was number eight, basically. Yeah. Um, but it sounded like he really kind of enjoyed the limelight like yeah that's what i read as well yeah yeah yeah. they like accused him sort of of scheduling too many news conferences because he (laughs) loved being on television he made up some fake story about gus grissom like catching a fish and cooking (laughs) and eating it the day before he went into space and everyone was like that's bullshit the astronauts are on a very specific diet before like he didn't do
0: that um so he seemed like just a little bit of a wild weird guy I yeah I thought that was funny I also think it's funny because like the whole thing was that he was short and he was taller than Thomas Paine and sorry. I was like if his whole thing is short they couldn't have cast like a short actor I don't understand well, anyway so
1: Danny Strong apparently played him in the series the right stuff Danny Strong Fuck being yeah. one of our our best short actors
0: I love Danny I Strong know I want to watch it now so because I fucking love when Danny Strong pops up and shit I love when Danny Strong's in anything yeah, He's yeah, yeah. so great um yeah, so they come in and they're like, look, Nixon wants a woman on the moon. He doesn't really care how. He doesn't really care why, preferably a blonde. And they're just like, we can't just put a woman on the moon. They're like, no, just like put her in a space, space suit. Just like total politician <laughs> bullshit. Put her in a space suit. Just like fly her up there. She would like twirl around outside, send her back. And they're like, we can't just like fucking send this, like a random woman to the moon. Like, this is not how this is done. Which yeah. I do, I will say. I don't love everything Deke does in this episode, but I do really appreciate him sticking to his guns on this and being like, No, like I'm not going to just send a woman up because you like say yeah. I should.
1: Yeah, he is kind of a stick in the mud about a lot of it, but he his reaction is not like, we absolutely can't do this. His reaction is like I'm gonna train women until I find one who's like capable enough of doing. Like he doesn't. Yeah, like I need. He doesn't say women it's impossible. He says, really? yeah, I need twenty women and a lot of time, and I yeah. think that's fair.
0: Yeah, I think it's very fair. So I feel like we should take a little detour now because they bring up Mercury Thirteen.
1: Yeah. And
0: I look. I can't. There is no way I can possibly do justice to this story, I would... I have... I I actually haven't finished it yet, but I would suggest that all of you go and watch the Mercury 13 documentary on Netflix. Um, I watched half of it, and then I had to... um, I had to go, but um, it is fucking incredible. Basically, this guy, Lovelace... um, Lovelace was his name. He was, like, the main uh, doctor scientist on... um, in NASA. He was, like... I think women can do this and um, got private funding to fund this Mercury 13 program. He put through these women through all of the same training as the astronaut candidates. And actually, they mostly outscored the men. So Mm -hmm. they, they outscored the men on a lot of it. He gave the results to NASA. He was like, look, the women have actually like outdone the men in many like tests, like especially stuff like there's like a sensory deprivation tank A women were like graded. There was one woman in the program. So I'm going to give you all the names of the women in the program. I can't tell you about all of them, but I am just going to name them because I think we should put respect on their names. So there's uh, Myrtle Kegel, Janet Dietrich, Marion Dietrich, Wally Funk, uh Sarah Garlic uh Janie uh Jane Janie Briggs Hart who was the only one who had children and she had eight kids um Jean Hickson Rhea Waltman Jean Norris Dumborg Irene Leverton Jerry Sloan, and Bernie Stedman and then of course Jerry Cobb who we will get into
1: oh boy will we and so we,
0: yeah. yeah oh boy will we and so he like he did this he handed it to them they're like no nah, we don't need it and um actually um Jerry Cobb, who Molly is based off of, obviously, um she scored in the top two percent of all astronaut candidates, male and female, like just fucking excellent. Um, so, yeah, so this program really existed, and that's what they're sort of talking about in the in the next scene. So we kind of get this scene where they're all like working out where which women they could find. Um, so they start their starting point being the Mercury Thirteen crew, yeah. w- of which only two are left. I love the way this
1: scene opens with the um, like secretary yes. carrying the folders in, and she like stops to kind of look in awe at these yeah. women, who it seems she's
0: never probably seen this before, and then they like yeah. shoo
1: her out of the room. Amazing!
0: I really love great. that part. I was gonna bring that up as well. It's fantastic the way that it opens. Um, so do we want to talk about the candidates first or do we want to talk about Jerry Cobb real quick?
1: So, okay. I want to save Jerry for end of ep because it
0: goes okay. places. It Amazing. Goes places. Okay, we we'll
1: Stay tuned for the end of this episode because you're not even prepared for the life okay. of Jerry Cobb.
0: Okay. I'm okay. excited. We'll do it last. Okay. So we get Molly Cobb. Not, you know, that she's not really what they're looking for, but she gets up there. We get Patty Doyle, who's a second behind Molly, the only one of the Mercury 13 who is not yet flying. Then the only other one that they mention really is Danielle Paul, mm-hmm. who is an engineer at NASA or like a computer at NASA. And he literally says, Okay, so he goes, okay, so what about Danielle? She's like got all of this experience as a pilot. She's like an engineer. And he's like, we're not just putting her in because she's black. And then he goes, uh, Thomas Paine goes, that's exactly why. I don't need Jesse Jackson up my ass. And I'm like, you literally just listed so many reasons why she's a good candidate. Yeah, like they're both wrong. That had nothing to do with the fact that she was black. They're both both wrong. wrong.
1: She's extremely qualified. She literally already fucking works at NASA. (laughs) Asshole. It was just like the most ridiculous.
0: The most ridiculous. I was just like, guys, you literally just mes- mentioned several reasons why she should be in this program, um, and then anyway, and then we get an interruption. Um, Wait, I want to. Uh, I also want to talk
1: about um, John Glenn because his name comes up a lot in this scene. Um, mm. He's an
0: astronaut. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they first mention him as like, oh, this women's astronaut program. John Glenn fucking hated that. Uh, and they're like, well, he's not around anymore, and he's a Democrat, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, John Glenn was the third American in space. He was the first American to do an orbital space flight. So, like, the mm-hmm. two other guys did suborbital. They were up for, like, 15 minutes. He did, like, three orbits around the Earth. It, it took just under five hours. Um, but so in his book, The Right Stuff... Tom Wolfe describes him as he had the hottest record as a pilot. He was the most quotable, the most photogenic, and the lone Marine. So of the Mercury 7, he became like the rock star of the rock stars. Mm -hmm. After he landed after his successful mission, he had like a ticker tape parade. He became so valuable as like an icon that Kennedy didn't want him ever going into space again because they didn't want to risk his life. Like he was... Wow. Really beloved. Okay. And so in 1962, when they were contemplating whether uh, the Mercury 13 would be allowed to train as astronauts, he went before the House Space Committee and said this, I think this gets back to the way our social order is organized, really. It is just a fact. The men go off and fight the wars and fly the airplanes and come back and help design and build and test them. The fact that women are not in this field is a fact of our social order.
0: (laughs) I think I did hear this quote in the documentary. What okay, so that's why they bring him up. So yeah, yeah, they
1: bring but then they bring him up again when they're uh debating in this next part like who they keep saying like who is the John Glenn of this group. They need like the female equivalent of this rock star that America's going to fall in love with.
0: Yeah. And then so what we get is like the press secretary ron ziegler who was the real press secretary at the time Mm -hmm. had like found this article about gordo and tracy meeting the flying
1: stevenses
0: yeah um and so deke doesn't approve and like again i get it like tracy's like out of training but like it's not like again that she's like an unqualified completely person like she's obviously like been a stay-at-home mom but like she can fly very well and has flown like it's not like they just i don't know just grab some random i I'm, i do not know it does Tracy is it does
1: read like a stunt mm. a little bit and mm. well like we can talk more about that later when molly calls her out mm. um
0: because it, it oh it 100 percent is
1: yeah but but she's not completely think, yeah. Uh, yeah she's not completely unquote like she doesn't have the engineering background but like watching this episode i felt bad for last episode in my predictions because i was like a little bit of a tracy doubter it's like well surely she's not educated enough to like go to the moon so mm. i want to formally apologize to tracy, to tracy for being one of her doubters because she showed us all.
0: yeah she she's great in this episode um so anyway so he brings it up uh he he wants an all american girl so that he, he goes so they're like gordo won't like it blah 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 which like gordo doesn't, I don't know, because obviously he give, he gets an offer of Apollo 15 or whatever, but he doesn't seem like completely against it. No, like, he, he seems doesn't. He's pretty supportive.
1: Throughout the episode, he's pretty supportive. I think it's more like their assumptions that like any astronaut would
0: be furious. Mm. Like they're For talking about, like, wrong.
1: yeah, what about your wife or your wife? Um, yeah, like, would
0: you want Barbara at the office? And it's like, I don't know, maybe some men like their wives. It's a wild concept, but <laughs> there are some. Even in the 60s and 70s who actually like the person that they married and like spending time with them. Yeah,
1: or like respect maybe that they want to like go have mm. adventures or have careers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but they do, they do reference his, they're like, what about Gordo's shenanigans? So I Oh think yeah, his they do, they know what the fuck he's doing. behavior is notorious at NASA. Yeah.
0: yeah, yes. So Deke goes to them, tells them what's up, uh, asks Tracy if she wants to do it gordo's like maybe we need a private conversation she's like nope i'm gonna do it yep and i'm like yep and then gordo's like wow like this is so exciting let's go out um get chinese food and he's like you're gonna be an astronaut candidate and she's like i'm gonna be an astronaut and i'm like fuck yes tracy also that exchange is gordo says like let's go out let's get steaks and she goes
1: no chinese like she is so fucking in charge all
0: over this seat and i love it so much it's so good. Yeah. Um, and then conversely we get the scene with Karen and Ed. Uh very interesting. It's really interesting because Ed seems like pretty unfazed. He's yeah. just like, cool. Like I'm sure that like like I've heard some of them are like quite good like quite good flyers. Like I am actually just like unfazed by this. And she is so angry. She's like, I can't believe this. This is a mockery. Like and it's just it's so interesting what are your thoughts on karen yeah yeah i'm i'm very
1: curious to see sort of like where this storyline goes she is of everyone in the episode like even more than deke at the beginning like she is the most opposed to this Mm. um and i think like my take on it is sort of that like she has not had a particularly happy marriage. Like we learned in the last couple episodes that like Ed has been really super distant. And I think that she has like put everything into this idea that like she is married to this like super genius who like she sacrificed intimacy and happiness in her marriage because Like, she's married to a guy who's, like, whose work is so elite and important um, that, like, certainly not anybody could just do it. Certainly not fucking Tracy could do it. Like, I think that she's really invested in this story of, like, of Ed's brilliance and what it means to be, like, a wife in the program. Yeah, and we, like, I want to talk later, too, in the scene between her and Tracy, because I oh, think, yeah, yeah it, some of the layers get
0: more peeled away there. A hundred percent. I think it's, um, I think it's interesting. I think that you get, I see this a lot. And I, I think, um, I don't know, I don't want to get too personal. So like, but I have seen examples of this in my life. So like, where you have people who are clearly very unhappy, and they don't like what their life is, but they did all the things that they were meant to do. So, like, I I was meant to do this, I was meant to do that, I was meant to do this, I was meant to do that, and I did all of those things, and particularly, like, as I'm someone who did not, and I don't find value in those things, and I think that a lot, this is what happens with a lot of, has happened with a lot of millennials, is, like, okay, but why? Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people never questioned it, they just achieve success based on that, and then if you are someone who is, like, okay, cool, but, like, I don't think those things are going to make happiness for me, that... That's what makes them so uncomfortable because they're like, well, if that's just something that you can choose, mm-hmm. then what the fuck have I done? Because I've done all the things and I'm not happy. And so all I can really do is like socially reinforce that you should also be doing those things or you won't be happy. And if I've achieved this success, but it's not success to you, then that puts insecurity into my like what I've done, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that's what we see with a lot of things with... um uh, when when tides change and i think that things have changed quite a lot for the way that millennials see success we can't do things as easily like um you know buy a house or have kids or all of these things that were like markers of success um mm-hmm. have changed um and i think that that's like a thing that um is really interesting and i think that's what's kind of playing out here she's like as you said like she's like no that's like she's invested in this life and she's done all the right things and having this Having things change like that is just very confronting for her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Anyway, so we are starting the program. So we have this like super like woman heavy song. Like it's January 6th. What a day to have it uh january 6 1970 new decade um, new time for women yeah it feels really like wow this is like a new time anyway so we get this shot of tracy walking in um she's very ostracized from the start um she's also Molly. like like the most like buttoned up like, like yeah she
1: looks professional but she looks like an elegant woman
0: yeah um we get molly lighting her cigarette saying love in the skies which is just like she's the only one smoking molly. in there like it seems like you shouldn't be able to smoke in, i don't know i'm
1: sure all you the could smoke everywhere smoke. It's yeah, the yeah, 70s. Yeah. but like um, somehow is does she have her feet up on the thing it seems yeah. like she does even if she, she doesn't, doesn't care yeah
0: molly doesn't think this is gonna last she's been hurt before she doesn't care yeah um, uh, played by sonia walger who i had
1: to look up because i recognized her but i couldn't remember from where Penny from Lost. Nice. As in not oh my Penny's god. boat.
0: Mm-hmm. She's actually British. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, presenting very differently in this role. Presenting
0: very differently. We love really that. Cool. I think a lot of the actors in this present very differently from how they present in real life. Like, I Yeah, think which is always up, fun. Yeah, it is fun. Like, if you look at Margot, the way she, like, she's very pretty. The way she presents in this show is, like, very, like, you know, different. And especially, mm. like, as time goes on. And Ed, Swedish. Swedish I
1: had no oh, idea really? Joel
0: Kinnaman was Swedish yeah that's what I was texting you the other day oh yeah he also has a movie with jo- a Christmas movie with John Woo did not know about that <laughs> so excited love John Wu. okay so <laughs> Danielle who's the only black woman sits yes. with Tracy I love this at the beginning she's like okay cool ostracize Austrac- mm-hmm. you're a safe person for me can I sit with you they sit together um which like I don't feel like Huge animosity from anyone about the fact that she's black when she walks in, but obviously she feels like
1: yeah they don't explore that what that's like for her in this episode. I don't know mm. if they will going forward. Um, but yeah, we don't see like aside from that first scene, we don't see like over uh, racism towards her. But like she's the only black woman, and then like there in- she's the o- probably the only black person in the bar later. Like it's yeah. Yeah, it, she's experiencing a different reality than all the white people around her are experiencing. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And and has found like and obviously like saw Tracy being mocked and is like, Can I sit with you? And like we Tracy does have a certain kindness to her mm-hmm. yeah. um as we come to see. Um Patty comes in, sits with Molly. They have a bit of a banter about like the fact that so she was cute. number two to her. Um so Deke comes in, he points out specifically Molly and Patty. They get applause. Um, They get applause, feels weird. Um, He talks about how rigorous the program is, that many of them won't make it, if any. So we kind of see that he's not fucking around with this. Um, I did like
1: the beat where he's like, you're astronaut candidates, commonly known as ass cans. And like the ladies laugh. And I feel like you see him almost relax a little bit. Like I made a joke that might sound a little crass and the women laughed. So like, maybe we're all going to get through this. (laughs) um
0: yeah like it's it's ah love this so much anyway so we we fast forward to i'm getting tears in my eyes i'm sorry <laughs> well, i'm person tra- this scene ends with
1: tracy looking at like all the stuff she's gonna have to study and it looks mm. really 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 hard and like Aww. that's where
0: she's sort of beginning this journey yeah um so we Pan to day eighteen. We hear the radio in the background talking about the tensions and the race for the base. Um, the women are talking. They're waiting for Janice to land. I don't think we really ever meet Janice. We just hear about Janice. She's like, <laughs> they're like, Janice is landing the plane. Oh, wasn't a good landing. And then like later on, it's like, oh, Janice didn't make it. And it's like, who's Janice? Anyway, so. Um, Molly and Patty have this conversation where we kind of hear Molly say, which she says many times in the episode, like, this isn't going to last. Like, and obviously she's been burned before and she's just like, nope, I'm not like, I'm going to do this as long as it is, but I'm going to do my best. But like, I don't think it's going to last. They also
1: have this banter about them like being in a Tulsa drunk tank. So like, yeah, they've been I in some shit together. It. They've yeah. been in some shit.
0: They're like good friends. Um, Yeah. Then, so Tracy talks to Ellen <laughs> And it's like this very awkward exchange of like, oh, you're not married? But you're so pretty. But you're so pretty. And Ellen's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, that's exactly something my mom would say. Yeah. And so we get- It's also very
1: like, for me, personally, the lens that I'm viewing this episode through is very like that Jodie Foster as a teenager meme of like, so do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, if you don't know the meme, I will send it to you. And it's a podcast, yeah. so you can't see the face that I'm making, but you can also look up the Jody Foster meme. I yeah. is, she, is, she, is she I don't think she's a lesbian. I think she, maybe she's a little bit gay.
0: Okay. Uh you think Ellen's gay? We'll put that in the predictions at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um it, anyway, so it's Tracy's turn to fly with Ed. They do a little cute like he's like, Oh, Trace. I mean, Candidate Stevens, yes. and she's like, okay, Commander Baldwin. It's yes. like, you can tell that these families are, like, really close and they know each other. It's very cute. And also just, like, it's really nice, and I think the fact that they do this scene and it's immediately followed by Karen and Tracy, and you're, like, mm-hmm. seeing the different way that they're both doing this, like, you've yeah, got, Yeah, Ed is like, being,
1: like, a total, like, like, super supportive, like, joking around with her a little bit, but being really helpful at the same, like, he just, he couldn't be better in the way that he's interacting with her
0: yeah and you see so so before we move on to karen and tracy you see her do a good landing yeah and Deke is clearly impressed yeah which is yeah
1: deke's on a journey
0: in this episode yeah he is so then we get to this scene where tracy's picking up her kids from. Karen's. can we talk about the i dream of genie clip oh yes we can that was so cute how did they
1: do that that's
0: what i want to know
1: because she clearly <laughs> says like oh the first the first couple are going to the moon like it can't be real it can't be really
0: really from the show but I didn't look it up I looked I looked and I don't like I didn't get any clear answer because usually it's like on the trivia or whatever and it's Mm. like there was nothing that I found about it um if any of our listeners know jump on I actually made us a discord I'll put it in the show notes um and tell me because I was also like that's That's amazing that they did that. Maybe she was saying something else in real life and they just like dubbed it with someone who sounds like her is what I would guess, but it was pretty cute. It was very well done
1: and like just a great, like they didn't have, it's one of those details where you're like, you didn't have to
0: go that hard and you did and I appreciate it. I appreciate it too. It's very cute. So we get this very like awkward scene and it's funny because like, you know, was it last episode? where we had them, like, smoking and drinking a martini and, like, Karen was like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like they were, like, really good friends and, like, they're in this together and this is just so uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: this scene is very interesting. We hear from Karen that, like, she's fed the boys dinner, she's worried that Ed is being distracted from 15, which is, like, the real mission and the real thing that's important, which, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. How distracted could he be? I don't know. Um... And she, like, Tracy says it's hard, and she's like, you know, it's not supposed to be easy. I I feel like the previous scene we saw between them was, like, two women with oppression in common, and now mm-hmm. they are two women who no longer have oppression in common. Uh, and yeah. they sort of, like, it feels like because of that they don't have anything in common anymore. Like, it feels like the, these are two women who... No longer are gonna be friends. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's interesting. It's very awkward. Um, and we also see a little bit here of like how close the boys are. Mm. Um, because their kids are like growing up together, right? They're like best friends. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's that on that scene. It's it's just like very stark. And again, like watching more closely, it's just like very stark the difference between last episode, this episode. The way Ed is with Tracy, the way Karen is with Tracy. It's just like super interesting. Yeah, she's so um,
1: cold. She's so cold with her. Yeah. And there's yeah. no you see Tracy sort of like trying to save it and then giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's just like, okay, cool, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. we're gonna leave. Like she I think she says she says something to her and Tracy's like, all right, bye. Like yeah. she's just like, I'm out. Yeah. Um, so uh anyway, we move to day fifty-five of the course. There are 15 cans left um and we get margot teaching a class margot's teaching a room full of women uh, it's beautiful and i love i just i don't know like i just love all of these women and they're all so different and they're into relationships with each other like i just love margot looking over molly's shoulder and she's like (laughs) it's cart and she's like what and she's like a four-letter word for wagon. Like, she's just like, fuck you for not paying attention. You're getting a pop quiz. And Margo is going hard on these women. She and is. And, like, I think – but I, it it doesn't feel like it's because she – like, of any reason except that she just thinks they can, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she she wants to, like, get them through this. I think that Margot does want this, you know? I
1: think she's being as hard on them as she would be on the men when people mm. around her expect her to go easier on them because they're women.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's like, no, women are capable. I don't need to go easy on them. Mm-hmm. And um, she knows,
1: like, because she's done it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, Molly gets up, turns hers in. <laughs> First, checks of it, course. Flawless, marks. of yeah. course.
1: Yeah, like Margot grabs her red pencil as if to be prepared to make
0: corrections. <laughs> and she like, all she can do is check every answer because it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so then we get Janice finding out she's cut. Bye, Janice. We hardly knew you. We really, Um, (laughs) really hardly knew you.
1: Also, I'm very interested in, like, Molly's first, Patty's second again, which they joke Mm -hmm. about again. Uh, Danielle is eighth, and she's like, hell yeah. And Ellen is fifth, and she's pissed about being fifth.
0: She is. Yeah. We're learning a lot about Ellen. Um, And Tracy's last. Tracy's last, but she's still there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this really cute scene at the Outpost Tavern. All the women yeah. are hanging out drinking beers. Molly and Patty are playing pool. In their
1: plaid shirts and pants.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. the um, It's all very gay. I see your face. Um, all the men are hating it that the women are there. Yeah. Um, and I love that, like, they're just like, what the fuck is a big deal as a bar with cockroaches? Like, <laughs> they treat it like a fucking church. <laughs> it's just a yeah, bar. Yeah, that's a really interesting line
1: because uh, they're like the men, but also then they gesture to Molly and Patty. Like, they're like, oh, this is like a nightly communion for these guys. And they're like, they're not the only ones. Like, Mo- clearly, Molly and Patty are coming here a lot. And uh, they they're have, cool together. I love their conversation as well, where like, we're repeating this thing again of like, oh, they're gonna shut down the program. But Molly feeling sorry for the other girls who will have to go back to their miserable lives. Um, except obviously for Tracy, who's gonna
0: have a cushy astronaut wife. Aster wife. wife mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's nice. They have a good like um I love their chat. Um, a couple of my favorite things is they were all talking about what they were doing before, and I love that Daniel's like computer and they're like what's that yeah <laughs> and like this is this is when computer was like actually doing all the calculations yourself yeah like that's um, why they named computers computers yeah because um, used to be people doing that job which is <laughs> and the great stick and over as computers and then to your point like we get ellen saying like because they're like oh i thought molly would be more encouraging and she's like no she's not here to make friends and she's mm-hmm. right uh, but also, is she
1: staring at Molly from across the bar? I think she's staring at Molly from across Maybe. the bar.
0: I don't know. I
1: think that's what's happening.
0: But you can see that she admires her for sure. Yeah, you can see this is an admirable quality to Ellen, which is why I think the way it, this episode goes is really interesting because you can see you you're learning how fucking competitive. Ellen. Yeah, also Ellen, like like, in that
1: conversation, Ellen Mm -hmm. shares the least information of anyone, which Mm -hmm. we'll finally get a little bit from her about like who she is later in the episode. Um, But they're all sharing and Ellen is just sort of like quietly observing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I also I really I loved the bit when they're talking about like what planes they learned to fly on. There was something about it. There's something about the way they spoke about it. Like I don't want it. I don't want to make this like it's not sexy, but there's just something about like it's a conversation they're having with the freedom of like women who are talking about orgasms with each other for the first time or something like yeah. They don't get to have these convers. They they didn't get to have these conversations every day. And they're you like, should watch this lives. Mercury
0: Thirteen documentary. I'm and am so hear stoked these to watch it. Talk about flying. Like we could almost do a bonus episode. Like it's like listening to these women and they're like old women now also one of them has the most incredible shirt you're gonna see it i actually (laughs) looked it up i was like how do i get this shirt i think she must have made it herself it's like a it's like a um blue and white striped shirt but it has planes all over it but like it looks like she almost sewed them on herself i was like this is a cool shirt why is no one talking about this shirt but like it's all these older women and they're just like they're talking about flying exactly like that they're just like Still, like they're still talking about it like that. They just like love it. Yeah, I mean to pursue something like that at that time, you have to fucking love it. Like, oh yeah,
1: like you have to want it more than any than anyone wants anything in this to like make it that far. So I love everything. I love this chat. It's gorgeous chat. Yeah. Also, passing
0: the Bechdel test with flying colors this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, I mean. There are very few conversations with two men in this episode, really. Compared yeah, to before. fair point. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we 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 pan to inside the simulator, um, with Molly and Danielle and Tracy, and Tracy's clearly tired, mm-hmm. um, and struggling, and so it's interesting, you know, Molly's kind of whinging to her, but she's also helping her. Which I thought was interesting because she's like doesn't really need to be telling her like what to do, but she still is like click that thing, whatever.
1: Yeah, but it's like bothering Tracy enough that she's like,
0: like don't be a backseat commander. But then
1: she fucks it up.
0: Helping her, yeah, yeah. And then um, in the control room, we've got Ellen working on the other side with Margot and some guy who they start like going on a movie chat about.
1: Margot accuses them of flirting, and Margot I don't. I don't buy it for one second. I think he's flirting with
0: her. I think she's waiting for Molly to come out of the thing. <laughs> um. So Margot is like, "Let's give them this scenario." They're like, "Uh, it's too soon," and she's like, "No." And so there is like a master caution alarm or something. Tracy's confused. Molly tells her what to do. And then Molly ends up like killing them in the simulation. Tracy. And this is, uh, sorry, Tracy does. And then Molly goes in this whole rant about Mm -hmm. all of the allowances that have been made for her. Like, oh, you tie because of your kids, your dogs, your whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
1: She's like, um, you know, you're not an engineer. You're not this, you're not that. But she's like, you have kids, which means that they weren't accepting women who had kids. Like, if that's one of the exceptions they made for her, then none of mm-hmm. the other women could have been allowed to have children.
0: No, then I think in the actual, like, as I said, in the original Mercury 13, there was only one woman who'd had kids. Which, and that wasn't an, an official
1: NASA program. That though. was an official so NASA program, no. probably that woman would have been, I would guess,
0: if they had gone mm. forward with it, that woman wouldn't Which, have. Which, like, you see all of these astronaut forward. men have kids. Yup. Um... So this is, like, so Tracy goes home, she tells Gordo that Molly's right, um, and then Gordo's like, no, like, I was talking to Shorty, he said your jet scores were among the highest in the class, you do belong there. So that's kind of, like, a nice beat, like, she's like, I'm being made all these exceptions for her, and he's like, no, you actually, like, you can do this, and she you know, she kind of accuses him of it being about him and everything being about him all the time. She's in a dark think... place in this scene. Like, I think,
1: like, they're both emotional. Um, and then clearly the scene becomes about, like, the other problems in their marriage. Because uh, mm. she's like, oh, I'm the quitter. Like, yeah. when he's yeah. the one stepping out on the marriage. But, like, yeah. he's, I think he is passionately supporting her in this argument he's like yeah like don't quit because it's hard like you have to show some guts like yeah i think she's like she's doubting herself so much that she can't accept the help from molly she can't accept the help from gordo like she's in Mm -hmm. a
0: really rough place
1: and then she gets like a little violent and scary here
0: yeah she like throws she's like get the fuck out Throws something at him they have a very fiery relationship. Yeah.
1: It just made like I was reflecting on the quickness with which we uh dismissed Ed for like punching a hole in the drywall and his temper. And then like like the rage is not all male rage. Like the she is very they tell
0: me upset women in get this angry scene. too. What
1: Oops. I just I was yeah, I was just reflecting on our previous conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, then we get this really weird BSG style shot of like a space thing. Yeah, it was so BSG, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. The- I think there is a little more of that docu style filming in this episode, like just that mm-hmm. previous scene. I think when they when emotions are high, sometimes they like they do that more like slightly shaky camera type of filming. Um, yeah. But yeah, but- I'm like I'm just so fascinated by
0: these like CGI space shots that are. Yeah set up that way. Yeah. Um, And so what we have like discovered, I guess, is Ray Schumer says that these bright spots could be ice and that's like a game changer. Yeah. So they have a whole meeting about that. Do you want to
1: know uh, what I found out when I Googled is there water on the moon? Tell me. Okay. So, for a long time everybody was like, no, there's no water on the moon because mm-hmm. in this Apollo era they brought like soil samples back and there were no signs of water so they're like must must be completely dry and then over the years there was like more and more speculation that there might in places be water on the moon um by like 1994 slash 1998 they figured out that there are these like permanently shadowed regions on the moon like deep in craters um Mm -hmm. and that there actually is ice and like at the poles of the moon in those deep craters, mm-hmm. um, and then like they figured out, I like it's all space science, so I don't know. But like beyond that, they figured out that like even in the spots on the moon where the sun hits and it's like a bajillion degrees, there's still like traces of water somehow.
0: So like this is real. Wow, there's really I didn't water realize on the that. moon. Yeah, because I they they haven't confirmed it is. They just said. There might be, and so yes. I was like, maybe, maybe there isn't water on the moon. But I love True. that. I'm so like, I,
1: I don't think that's like a spoiler, spoiler. Like, I think no. that's just something that we know because we live in
0: 2024. That, yeah, like... that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um. So they're talking about how this could actually like be really beneficial. Um. And yeah, because they can even... make
1: rocket fuel out of it, and yeah. have a um, a stop on the way to explore
0: the rest of the solar system. Hey. Um, and then Thomas asked Deke about Nixon's women, how they're doing, specifically Tracy. He told him they are about to do a desert survival training, which Thomas was surprised by. Again, like, it's this thing, like, he's like, there's no way these women could, like, haul this thing in the desert sun, and Deke's like, if they can't handle that, they can't handle the moon. Like, mm-hmm. and I am with Deke 100% on this. I Absolutely. Think that, I think that what he's saying is, like, is um is true and I, i'm i'm team deke for like this part of the episode i think that regardless of anything um and you know that he felt about this whole situation i think that he is just like no well like if you want to give these women the status i am going to make sure that they're gonna be as well prepared as they can be. Yeah, and I, think he, and I
1: don't, I don't think he's any harder on them than he would nope. be on the men. Uh, like whether or not he believes that they're capable of it, I think is one thing. But mm. like he gives them the opportunity, and they prove yeah. themselves. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great. Um, and they did do desert training, except it was quite different. The actual, so I didn't do so much research into the original Mercury, tr- uh, training, but basically the seven Mercury astronauts did a 5.5-day desert survival training in Nevada in 1960. Um, they land off target. They're trained to survive. And so But they're trained to survive. So it feels like they had a lot more preparation than what these ladies do in this show version of this thing um, because they had, like, desert survival training ahead of it. I've got this amazing photo that I'm trying to send to you right now. I, f- I love this picture. This is really cool. It's great. Yeah. Um. This looks like an album cover. It does, doesn't it? And you can see how, like, yeah, you can see how, like, they've, Uh. and it's funny because, like, I think a lot of people, because they were in the desert for five and a half days, they've all got beards growing, which, yeah. like, astronauts don't have.
1: Yeah, it makes them look and very so like, different.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, a lot, of, a lot of them don't even look familiar. And the guy on the far right is actually um, Deke Slayton mm. um, in real life. Uh which is cool, and also you can see that Tracy and um Ellen's like uh the parachute style was taken directly from this, so oh, cool, um, and so it seems like it was different the way it played out in real life, but they did actually do it, so shout out to my cactus beer uh, <laughs> for the desert uh survival um yeah, so we get this like you know this whole thing it's not a team building it is a solo mission it is a solo mission and if you use the walkie-talkie you immediately fail Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what happens um so we make it to we kind of cut to molly finishing and it's funny because like she's no she's not at all surprised about finishing like she's like yeah of course i finished but i just hope to crack like 10 hours and she's like i guess i it's good that i won and we see (laughs) that patty won by like i don't know 20 minutes which is great yeah um And then we kind of cut to Tracy, who looks like she's struggling a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, but she finds Ellen, and Ellen's, like, clearly sprained her ankle or hurt herself and can't get up, but she, like, refuses to use her walkie-talkie. She's like, I am not quitting. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe that if Tracy hadn't found her, she would have fucking died before quitting. I absolutely believe that. How Ellen, like, that's her resolve, and I'm just like, you know... So Tracy helps her. And yeah, I think well, that's... we
1: learned in the scene in the bar that Tracy was a nurse for a little while. Yeah, so, so she's like... Putting those skills to use.
0: Yeah, she's like, look, it's a sprain. Like, I'm going to wrap it up for you. But um, I, I feel
1: like in this moment, like, Tracy's been struggling this whole time. Like, she dropped her water and it's really hot and she's been having, like, a, such a hard time in the program already and she looks miserable. The sun is, like, frying her. And I feel like she... Like she sort of needed to find Ellen as much as Ellen needed to, needed be, to found. be found. Like I think yeah. they they support each other here. Where like it would have been a lot easier for Tracy to give up if she didn't have Ellen to like help
0: finish this thing. It says a lot about Tracy. She's like mm. I, and I I feel like I'm I'm a person like this. Sometimes when it just comes down to me. I find it very hard to motivate, but like the second someone's in trouble, I'm like, oh, I can motivate everything. Like if I'm feeling a little under the weather, I'm like, I can't possibly do this thing for myself. But then like, if my roommate's also sick, I'm like, I'm going to make soup. You know, like, I just (laughs) think that like, and I don't want to put it to gender or anything, but I think it is. But also like, I mean, on a level as well, like Tracy sort of knows she's untouchable, but she's sort of using this, I think she knows. I think she's- I don't. I think she. every time she's looked at the list, she's like surprised she's still on it. If not now, she certainly knows by the end of the episode that she can't be let go.
1: Yeah, I think after after the conversation with Deke later, I think before mm. that conversation, she is very
0: concerned like that she's not going to make it. Mm. But anyway, so she helps her with a sprain. She makes a protective parachute where she said it's something she picked up from Gordo. They get to know each other a little bit better. It turns out Ellen's like an heiress.
1: Yeah, she's loaded.
0: Yeah. Um, Deke's like, they're not back. Deke's like, all right, I'm walkie talking everybody back. Like, this is done. It's such a good moment. It's a good moment. Tracy's like, you don't have to shout.
1: (laughs) And they come back. And Molly is the first one there to hand Tracy a cup of water and like listens on approvingly as she explains to Deke that like she wasn't going to leave Ellen behind. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered if you caught that. I thought that was like a, a really b- interesting moment. A big moment of respect.
0: Yeah, it was. You get a little bit of like respect from Molly, even though she gives her shit about it. After mm-hmm. she still, you can tell like that. Yeah, Molly's team Tracy now. I think a little bit.
1: Yeah, not above yeah. herself, but like she's not. I think she'll give her less crap. G- yeah. from here. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so we get the list. There's eight people left. Tracy's still there, but last. Um, and then we get this beautiful scene which makes me cry. Yeah. Which well, is well when, also like,
1: I don't want to gloss over the fact that Patty is finally first on the list and Molly she is, is second. Finally first. Yeah. Which like
0: I mean <laughs> she yeah. like throws
1: Molly's line back at her. Like It's oh, I very couldn't cute. Have, couldn't have done it without you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're very cute. We get these so Danny points to all these letters. Molly's like, I don't give a shit. Everybody else is like and then we get this beautiful scene which is like making me cry thinking about it which is just like all of these women women and girls girls. like (laughs) writing
1: letters to them and we hear it in voiceover and then it's over the montage of the women's rights protest which have now now been embellished to include signs that say a woman's place is in space it's It's really
0: great it's great and i don't know like i just i'm so pathetic Like, they just got me with it. They got me with it. Oh, yeah. They
1: punched you right in the gut with that. They
0: knew what they were doing. They knew. (laughs) They knew. They wanted to. Okay, so we pan to um, this conversation between Deke and Molly, um, and he's encouraging her to leave. He's like, you showed a lot of heart, but the next stuff is dangerous, and you don't have the skill set. And she's like, I'm
1: cut. And he's like, no, you should withdraw
0: yeah and this is when she knows (laughs) she's like I am absolutely not doing that yeah um and I thought there was a really interesting throwaway line from Deke here where he says um like something about Shepard slipping some rocks in his bag Mm. and it just kind of was like interesting to me that like I felt like it was an illustration of like the differences of like the women's group and the men's group and like the way that they were trying to run it as this, like, super competitive thing. And the women are competitive, but, like, not like that. And without spoiling, I just think there is some fucking moments where that mentality, hmm. team mentality of women, uh, is demonstrated by a few of the women in this. I just, oh, my God. It's just, like, it was interesting to me knowing what happens and the sacrifices that are made in this show. Hmm. Um that that was mentioned specifically okay um, we'll
1: hold on to that moment yeah. yeah i i think that was very intentional there mm. and like intentional in a gendery way which is mm. a fucking course not to say that like there aren't men who are supportive of each other and there are women who will take each other down at any chance that they get but yeah i think i think what we're seeing here is intentional in terms yeah. of like
0: yeah like yes of course there are people of all genders who do all things oh yeah but I think the way we're socialized is often different mm-hmm. um okay so she says she's not going to drop out that's the end of that scene she's very determined then we pan to day 200 five
1: people left and it's the five people we know the best as who of could course. imagine who could imagine
0: <laughs> uh, so we have Molly Patty Ellen Tracy and Danny um I love them all I oh, love no oh no Well, (laughs) RIP Patty. So Ed introduces the five remaining candidates to the LEM simulator. The flying Um, bedstead? But we get this, like, fake-out scene where we think Tracy dies. She's, like, first. This episode had me until this last scene. Mm. I think
1: this last scene is too cheesy. Like, so, yeah, so Tracy's in first, and we don't get to see her, like... That's a really cool thing. I didn't know that they did that in NASA training. I don't know hmm. if I knew that you could do that on earth like that kind that training on that kind of equipment. I think it's really yeah. cool. But like we don't really get to see it do its thing for very long. And we don't get to see Tracy reacting to like being in it and whether she does well or not because we need to have this dramatic scene with Gordo. Yeah. Um he is driving. He yeah. dri- he's fully drinking a beer while driving his convertible I mean, and, to me. and My smiling like trying. a goofy idiot. I know, and it was yeah. different times, and he was an untouchable rock star. Uh, yeah. but still, um, and he sees smoke coming from the uh, from the base and freaks out. And this is why this scene pisses me off: is he runs. Like he, he's worried as Tracy. He's running. He's freaking out. Ed comes up and like bear hugs him, Mm. and there's enough time passes that like we know he thinks that Tracy's hurt. Ed would know that he's worried that Tracy is hurt. He doesn't say anything, and that's just to create drama for the storytelling in the show. Like if you were worried about your partner. And I saw you running towards the scene of an accident. I would be like, it's not them. It's not them. Don't worry. Like, yeah, that, that yeah, would be yeah. the first thing. I wouldn't bear hug you like you just had a horrible loss that I don't know how to tell you about yet. That's, yeah. That was a little too hokey for me.
0: Yeah. It was, it was like, you're like, okay, cool. We get it. Yeah, they just, Um,
1: there could have been slightly different directorial slash editing choices made mm, mm. so that the reveal that Tracy's alive wasn't so...
0: That Patty's not, so so, RIP Patty.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, like, wasn't 100%. I was 99% sure that she's not going to be there in the next episode. Like, we didn't actually see her, but I would assume that, from everyone's reactions that she did I not will, eject safely.
0: Yeah. I uh will say they are absolutely not afraid to kill characters off in this show. Oh boy. Yeah. And so now you in, know. So like for that. I think yeah, it's it's interesting um yeah, they're not afraid to do that. So so RIP Patty. Um, yeah, RIP Patty. And uh, then
1: yeah, they I was sort of like on my second watch Like on the first watch, I don't think I realized that there were only the five of them left. Uh, So I I didn't pay attention to whose name it was because I was like, surely it's like one of the other ones that Mm. we didn't learn anything about. I forgot um, how much
0: they built Patty up in this episode as they like really a did. main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, you know when you're kind of like binge watching it, you don't. You're like, oh, that character's gone. Like, and you kind of don't think about it. But yeah, like, we only knew them for one episode. Built her but... up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they built her up a lot as like this main person. Like she's the number one. Um. So yeah, it's pretty pretty yeah. shocking. But then um, like,
1: so Ellen's this kind of mystery who's unfolding, and Danielle is the only black character. So if they killed her off, that would have been really shitty. Um, and I would have been super pissed if they killed Tracy or Molly. So, like, obviously yeah. I think it was going to be Patty, but I'm still, like, really sad about it. And she did yeah. get her moment of, like, beating Molly finally yeah. one time. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that is pretty sad. Mm. Mm. I and like that's the Patty.
0: episode. Yeah. Um, and we have, as far as I can tell, I, I counted five real people. So Gene, Deke, Thomas, Shorty, and then they mention Ron Ziegler a lot. I don't know who is, like, the press secretary. Okay. So I kind of include him. And then, obviously, they talk about this other guy, too. So They maybe talk about John like Glenn
1: a lot, six but we ish, don't see him. But, like,
0: we don't see him. I feel like Ron Ziegler is more of, like, driving the plot of it mm. um, in terms of, like, he's the one who found the... Um, and I don't know, maybe we do see him, and I don't know who it was, but I thought he was worth mentioning, so we get five real people. Cool. Um, okay, so before we get into Jerry Cobb, Let's look over your predictions so far, see how you've gone.
1: Oh, yeah. How am I doing? I don't
0: remember. How are you doing? I would say that of your predictions from last week, Karen protesting woman on the moon is a good prediction. She's
1: So far, she hasn't been public about it. I think... No,
0: but... She
1: is against it. I, she is against it. I'm realizing that she wouldn't be vocally opposed to a NASA program because she's too in it. Like, yeah, she wouldn't be outspoken in the way that Ed was against the program.
0: Yeah, but you definitely predicted Tracy would be involved, which is true. Although you predicted Tracy would go to the moon, which hasn't happened, but like definitely the prediction Some that way. she, um, the prediction that she. Is, like, in the program I'll take as, like, you know, you're doing well. Um, yeah. And all the rest of it's kind of too far in the future for us to know now. Yeah. Um, but what are your predictions after this episode? Ellen's yeah. I'm, was one. I'm
1: finding predictions to be difficult for this show because the timeline seems erratic. Like, yeah. in a great way. Like, I love when we move forward quickly. Like, mm. we, yeah, I think we covered almost a year in this episode. Um, but it's very difficult to predict, like, are they going to, like, stop and focus on one story that happens, like, all at one time? Or are they going to, like, jump forward? And I think we're going to get more intense jumping forward. Um, mm. So, okay. Patty's dead. That's not a prediction. That's a fact. Um, I had Ellen
0: is gay, which you predicted in the episode. So I yes. Well,
1: yeah, we're going to get into that. So this is me in like, my, like, one-person writer's room for, for mm-hmm. All Mankind um four seasons too late i think that it is sad when women die like the people are gonna be like sad and stressed out about what that looks like that a woman died in this program um so there's gonna be discussion about like should we pull the plug and i think someone unlikely possibly deke because he's seen like how far these women have come and how hard they've worked is gonna be like no actually like let's Keep this going. Let's move these women forward. Okay. Um, I think Nixon's going to be the, into the idea of Tracy joining Gordo and Ed on Apollo 15 because he wants okay. to like recreate that, like the flying Stevenses. Yeah. Uh, so Gordo and Tracy being in space together at the same time. We know that Ed is also going to be on 15. So I predict that threesome in space. I predict karen will be mad about it because <laughs> tracy is putting them in danger with her womanly incompetence yeah um i don't actually know if that's gonna happen because it seems like a terrible idea because if something goes wrong then like that's just like instant orphans for their mm. kids uh, but maybe nixon insists on it mm. will he still be in office i do not know
0: Um, Do you think Nixon will win the next election? They're
1: really pushing this, like, Ted Kennedy situation. Mm. I, I, like, Ted Kennedy after that whole thing with that woman does not seem like... They don't know about it. Well, they don't know about it. In our reality, it's like, I don't know that we want to, like, prop up Ted Kennedy as some sort of, like, dream president we never had. But maybe we'll get Ted Kennedy and maybe he won't be, like, the dreamiest dream president.
0: Okay, so Nixon will lose and Teddy won't be a dream president.
1: Yeah, Teddy will win, but, like, he'll be complicated. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is, like, based on, like, your reactions, I don't think this is actually going to happen. But I was wondering, like... If Apollo 13 happened and if the same thing went wrong, but they had put a woman on the mission, then everybody would be like, well, look, we sent a woman into space and everything got fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried. I was worried about that. But I, I think Apollo 13 is too soon. Like it might have already happened. Yeah. Uh, or just it might be yeah too soon for them when to like. When was the real Apollo? I think it was 70?
0: Oh, it's April 11, 1970, so we've definitely... Oh, we've
1: already passed that.
0: Gone past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: okay. So Apollo 13, unless we, like, backtrack, Apollo 13 happened unacknowledged yeah. in this world. Yeah. So yeah. we can talk about whether we want to watch it before we do
0: our next episode. Um. Yeah, we could, we could do that. Uh, I don't know. Listeners, you can actually, like, let us know. If you want us to do Apollo 13, or if you want us to do a Twitch stream, or like a live Discord or something we could do. Like, whether or not anyone else wants to watch it, I
1: am planning to watch it. Yeah. So, let's watch yeah, it. Yeah, we
0: should watch it, because it seems to be a movie that you care for, and I yeah uh, don't know it really well. So, cool. That's the end of Predictions Corner.
1: That So, I mean, basically, I like had a whole thing where I was like, okay if Molly and Ellen are into each other and they like become a thing but it would be like a secret thing and then one of them goes on Apollo 13 and one of them's at home playing Liv Tyler and Armageddon when something's going wrong and she's all worried about her lover in space but she can't tell anyone about it because it's a big hairy lesbian activity secret so this won't happen on Apollo 13 but maybe it will happen on another mission Something will go wrong and there will be lesbian concern. Oh, wait. Okay. This is my final prediction, okay. which I was actually going to reveal two weeks ago. This is a clothing-based prediction. Okay. <laughs>
0: what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's even funnier because no one can see it. Kate has I a know. More Gays in Space t-shirt on. Um, that Lisa made
1: for our Battlestar yes. days. Yeah more gays in space is my prediction and if we're going farther into the future i mean also could we get some trans people in space that would be cool too uh
0: that's a request not a prediction who can't all right so uh do you want to talk about jerry cobb and then we will
1: I want to talk about Jerry Cobb for the rest of my life. I don't want to talk about anything else besides Jerry Cobb. I want us to turn this podcast into a Jerry Cobb podcast. Okay, I'm
0: glad I put you in charge of this research. I was like, would you like to maybe look into Jerry Cobb? I have kind of a busy week. Kate's like, sure. And then here we are. So I made the right choice.
1: I, I, I didn't have time to... Get, like, I I started on this journey and I didn't have time to finish it. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Buckle up. Okay. This is, like, the story that everyone knows. Born 1931 in a military family that moved around a lot. First flew at age 12 at her father's encouragement. Like, he taught her how to fly. Uh, by age 16, she was flying a plane, like, dropping leaflets, advertising the circus. Okay. And sleeping. she was sleeping under the plane's wing at night what? and, like, saving up money. Um, she earned her private pilot's license by age 17, her commercial license on her 18th birthday, like, every other kind of license you can get by age 21. Wow. Um, she... Found it difficult to find work after World War II because sexism. Because there were all these men who came back and were qualified pilots. So she took unsexy jobs like crop dusting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But she went on to become the first woman to fly in the Paris Air Show, at which she was named Pilot of the Year by her fellow pilots. She played on a women's semi-professional softball team, the Oklahoma City Queens, to save money to buy her own surplus World War II plane so that she could be self-employed, oh my God. which is just can I have a movie just about that? That would be fine. <laughs> um by age 28, she was a pilot and manager for Aero Design and Engineering Company, so she was one of the few women executives in aviation. Mm-hmm. By 1960, she's earned 7,000 hours of flying time. 1961, she's appointed as a consultant to the NASA space program. Um, And then she gets involved with the Mercury 13. As you said, she was in the top 2% of all astronaut candidates of both genders. Mm. 1962, she also testified before that uh, subcommittee on the selection of astronauts in favor of women astronauts. Um, This was a detail I didn't look further into, and I wish I did. So Valentina Tereshkova, who was the uh, first woman in space from the Soviet Union. I, I mean, I just pulled this from Wikipedia, but she ridiculed Cobb for her religious beliefs, but sympathized with the sexism she encountered. Mm. They, the American leaders, shout at every turn about their democracy. And at the same time, they announced they will not let a woman into space. This is open inequality. Mm. thought that was interesting. Mm. Um so she was denied the opportunity to train as an astronaut. Um, the NASA requirement didn't say in the rules that it excluded women, but they were like, you have to be a
0: military test yes. pilot. Yes, I did see in the they, documentary. They're like, yeah. you have to have this qualification that only men can do to be yeah. an astronaut, but you can't do that. And so that was, like, a big Like, we'll let
1: women in if you can get through this loophole, like, in the army. Yeah, that you Good cannot luck. be in. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was really mm. fucked. So that was bust. And I'm sure she was disappointed as we saw Molly was. Mm. She then did 30 years of missionary work in South America. Um, she did humanitarian flying, like, bringing aid to people and stuff pioneered new air routes across the hazardous Andes Mountains and Amazon rainforest using is. self-drawn maps that guided her over uncharted territory larger than the United States. She was honored by the governments of Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, France, and Peru. She was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize in 1981. Um, so there, there's also this detail, John Glenn, when he got older, was like send me back into space to see what being in space does to the body of an old man, and they were like, okay, uh, so they did that, and then Jerry, backed by the National Organization for Women, launched a campaign. They were like, can we see what space does to like an old woman's body? Really? Like, can we send Jerry Cobb into space? Finally, and the U.S. was like, no. What? Uh... Please tell me that Jerry <laughs> Cobb gets to space. She does not. Aww. She does not. That was like the last-ditch effort, Uh, and a lot of people were really upset at NASA for not approving that. Well, I know because it would have corrected the wrong they made a long Um, time ago.
0: Wally Funk, who was one of the original Mercury 13, is the person that Bezos uh, chose to send to space. Oh, interesting. So that's cool. Like I don't really like Bezos, but that was a good. She went to space. I think yeah the oldest woman in space Wally Funk
1: that's cool 82 yeah. years old that is badass I'm sorry that she had to get there by way of Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos I know. but what can you do so this is the story of Jerry Cobb 2009 mm-hmm. a filmmaker by the name of Mary Haverstick is uh, trying to put together a little documentary about Jerry Cobb because what a badass lady what a badass life mm. she is cautioned by someone uh, in the government, I don't know, cautioned against digging too deeply into Jerry Cobb's past. Interesting. So she digs deeply. Uh, She finds a woman named June Cobb who happened to grow up in the same hometown, had traveled the world, uh, quote, almost in synchronicity to how Jerry Cobb traveled the world. She came to believe... That it was impossible that this was anything besides a double identity. Okay. So the story of June Cobb, which came to light in a lot of like unlike declassified CIA documents, is that uh, June Cobb was depicted as an American Matahari, an adventure-loving, death-defying globetrotter, moved to Cuba to work for Fidel Castro, was then recruited as a spy for the CIA. Um Speculation from her CIA handlers about her sex life, her failed romance in the 1950s with an opium farmer in the jungles of South America. What? Um, and then, and then, fully tied into the JFK assassination, which is where I just couldn't what research anymore. Wait,
0: what? I'm I <laughs> I know <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you weren't lying when you said this goes plate. What the fuck? Okay, so you have to go, we all have to go
1: and do our own research about this because genuinely there wasn't enough time before we were going to record. I... So this duck this, Mary Haverstick interviews Jerry Cobb, is like, what about this June Cobb character? And Jerry's like, I heard she impersonated me for a while, denies that it's her, But then, so the story of June Cobb, June Cobb is all over, like, all of the documents that have been released about the JFK assassination, June Cobb is all over them. So there was apparently June Cobb was a pilot who was waiting, like, on a runway at Redbird Airport in Dallas on the day JFK was killed had been standing on the runway for an hour with the engines running and was rumored to be the getaway plane for Lee Harvey Oswald. The The filmmaker brought this up to Jerry, and apparently Jerry reacted strongly, gathered herself, and said, I was at Redbird Airport. Denies that she's June Cobb, but puts herself in the exact same place on the exact same day that JFK was killed where June Cobb was i don't know i don't know i don't know jerry cobb's full name is supposedly geraldine m cobb june cobb's full name is supposedly viola june cobb i don't know i'm just i literally i'm sitting here with my hands over my mouth so the the filmmaker wrote a book about this which I am going to get.
0: and I'm, I'm going to buy read. it right now. I don't even have a job and I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm like so poor, but like, what is this book called and how can I get it immediately if not sooner? It's Mary
1: Haverstick is the filmmaker author. I don't have the name of the
0: book in front of me. I'm looking it up. Like my head was exploding to even try to retain all the information. It's called A Woman I Know, Female Spies, Double Identities, and a New Story of the Kennedy Assassination. Jerry Cobb. June Cobb. Oh my God. You tell God. me. You decide. Listener. That's... You decide. Wild. Yep. We do need to do an episode on Jerry Cobb, I guess. I told... I told you. Um, or a whole or series. Or a whole podcast. Or talk...
1: N- talk about nothing else for the rest of our lives.
0: This is... Wild. It's wild also that these stories sit there. I don't know, like, how is this something that we don't know about? Like... I just feel like there's so many interesting real life stories that we just don't hear about. That are ripe for documentaries or f-
1: like fictionalized retell or whatever. There's so many good stories out there and I feel like we just get the same story about the same men over and over and over and over and over. Seriously, there's like there's not one sentence of this story that couldn't be its own thing. Like its own whole film or
0: episode or whatever like I'm just I I don't even okay I'm just gonna buy the book I cannot yeah. even I literally just messaged my local bookstore and was like do you have this can you get it, <laughs> I need it. we will report back that by next episode on if we have any absolutely cuckoo if we've learned bananas. any new information I cannot even we can't there's not there's no way we can go from there you know that's why I wanted to to end on yeah this. I'm glad because if we'd done this halfway through the episode we wouldn't have We finished. wouldn't have gotten yeah, through no. it. No. Okay. Um that's wild. I'm just so excited to learn more about Jerry Cobb. Um I'm also really excited for you to watch the next episode. So go do that. And um I will see you again Stoked. uh soon. And I I just yeah, I'm really glad you're on board. It's very exciting. This episode was great. I cannot wait for what's to come. And this was so much we fun. We have started a Discord, because I know we used to communicate with you all on Twitter a lot more, um, and I understand that a lot of people aren't on Twitter, and I can kind of see why, and so I have made yeah, Discord. Yeah, I'm mostly a... on Twitter to be sad about Palestine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we need a little Discord. It's not, um, you know, it's just so you can communicate with us as easily as tweeting was before. It's um, hopefully, but yeah, we'd love to hear from yeah. you. We love hearing from you so please please actually it would make our whole day It does it always does um and on that note we shall leave you bye bob bye bob